Are you Mr. Mateo? Uh, yes. Your wife will see you now. What's going on? Please, follow me. Hold on to your line, sir. We're almost there. Oh, okay. What could a dream like this possibly mean? If I were the common dreamer. If I had woken up from something like this where I started out inside of a hospital waiting room to be told that my wife is ready for me to start walking, hear someone chanting, there's a lion now, and uh, uh, what? What? To be woken up by some kind of alarm because I've relied on technology to wake me up because I apparently can't set the intention to wake up early, to, to, to understand what my inner alarm clock is and how to set that. And instead of understanding any any other aspects to to wake myself up naturally to fall asleep even naturally i'm gonna keep going i'm gonna get up i'm gonna go about my day because if this dream was supposed to make sense then it would if this was some kind of important dream then it would have stood out all of these sayings all of these comments and statements they're they're either thought out loud or thought about subconsciously we have exposed ourselves to these thought processes so many times that we have become almost completely completely blind when we go into the dream state me being in a hospital, a hospital itself signifying, you know, uh, a birth or a death, an ailment, uh, a sickness, right? A joyous occasion or a really bad occasion. Someone survived, someone was born or someone died, right? Or someone's gonna die. Those are, those are four options. To the common dreamer, this kind of dream just might not feel like anything. It doesn't feel like a foreshadowed event where your subconscious has picked up enough information, right? The 90% of you that's dumped out has picked up enough information to relay back to you that something's going to happen soon. You've been able to perceive something and within your dream state, your archetypes are trying to help you out. Your archetypes are trying to set you up. The common dreamer 
we'll never be able to discern this uh unfortunately unfortunately now let's say the the whole dream represented a scenario of shift in power for for the dynamics between the the husband and the wife at least that husband and wife involving the lion he had to hold on to his line he had to hold on to his courage to go see his wife his wife was gonna see him now is he trying to gain his power back is his subconscious trying to tell him to gain you know what i mean to to, to move forward with it what what could have been that message that you completely missed out on you're gonna wake up you're gonna nosedive right back into your own situation and you're gonna keep living your life because why why am i gonna look at the keyhole into the backyard when i can enjoy the rest of the house name i i, I want if you can to to name five things that you can do with the amount of conscious effort you put into dreaming name five things i would have scrolling through social media listening to others in parties when they start using today's lingos i i, I just can't three when i'm walking down the hallway to go do something quick i don't know like does does dimming yourself right if 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 our consciousness were a brightness setting if if going on dim mode was apropos to anything in life what would it be other than sleeping why has anyone ever stopped to ask themselves why do i care so little about the dreaming it's it's really kind of just a unanimous decision right like that's the thing we have a society that is still super super young we still live and breathe ignorance we still teach our kids whether it be directly or vicariously you know indirectly from them watching us do things we pass down traits we pass down dominant sides we pass down walks strides laughs reactions quote-unquote impulsive actions that we we claim we have no control over but we really just pass the buck on to someone else and we we snowball all of this ignorance we snowball all of this and we hold on to it as much as we can because when someone starts offering us enough heat to start disrupting that snowball to really start boiling it down to let you know that what you built is not sufficient for where humanity really should be at it's too much to bear it's too much to bear right if how long would you say it takes a persona to be built how long because the the persona of somebody is built of the things that they should do and the things that they shouldn't do and depending on the situation they'll do the things that they should do and they'll do the things that they shouldn't do right so how long would you say it takes to for that to happen 
for a kid to start developing the yeses and nos and lyings. I would say that the, the, the ability to start lying at a young age is probably like four, five, six that cluster of ages like I'm, I'm not even gonna try to give you hard facts i'm just gonna give you what i feel like i feel like as soon as you understand consciously or subconsciously that you need to lie to defend yourself or to do whatever you have a personality fast forward to how old you are now let's say that you're not an emotionally intelligent person, right? When someone opens up about their feelings, you just don't know how to respond. You know how to listen. You know how to, hey, it's gonna be all right, okay? Listen, I I'm here for you. You know how to console a little bit, but do you know how to prescribe multiple perceptions in, in order for someone to understand the beginning middle and end you know there there's there's more than one side to every story and depending on whatever reason or reasons someone has done something there are multiple stories behind that where's where's the depth to drag that out and discuss that we don't do that when someone offers us enough data to tell us that we're running on an obsolete version of self and ego neither one can handle and neither one wants to deal with it who wants to who, who wants to take all the stuff that they've ever done good or bad and just nosedive off a cliff into nothingness other than people who are absolutely ready to do that or people who accidentally fall off the side of the cliff you know, uh, near-death experiences and the like. Things, events that challenge you to let you know. The, the fact that you still walk into an interview feeling like it's your first interview, but you're 34 years old. You can, you can kill the performance reviews, but when it comes to talking to people personally, uh, the, the inside of you just becomes ruptured and you, you just can't, right? You, you gotta like relax. You gotta stand in front of the mirror and do your tie a little bit. And hello, my name is Jose Luis Mateo Jr. Pagan Perez Garcia Roman. And uh, I have enough skill to not require the Affirmative Action Act. How many people are willing to upheave their life, uh, up, update, adjust, assimilate, and live. If you have gotten to this episode, then welcome. You're one of these people who have either decided to turn the opposite direction entirely, or at least looking in another direction because they feel inside you feel inside that you're not on the path you should be on we can help you i can help you everyone i'm tethered to which is everyone else can help you we can all help each other we just have to want to do that without wanting some kind of pound of flesh not like I have to schedule my rants because if I don't, 
I'm just going to pick up and take off. But I'm not wrong. I am not wrong at all. <clears throat> Allow me to drink some water. Welcome to the Mental Realm of Existence. I'm your host, Jose Luis Mateo Jr. Today's episode, Dream Makeup to Wake Up, that's all we do. Part 1. My wife tells me that I have the soul of a 70-year-old man. And she's probably right. On today's episode, I'm going to be discussing other things that I have done within my lucid state. I do realize that talking about my first actual lucid dream being the dream that that is, you know, the reason that I'm still around, I realize that it's like, it's really heavy, right? It, it's not the typical, well, I started off by walking around in a dark forest at night and I realized the forest is not where I should have been and suddenly I knew I was dreaming. It, it, it wasn't, it wasn't as like slow for the upbuild. It was, it was more of like, I, I knew ahead of time that I just had to do what I had to do instead of like, instead of trying to explore and have a subconscious battle of what exploring means when I've never explored something like this to then try to pull on all the data of times that I've either watched or have explored things in my life to pop up in my dream state to help gauge me. Instead of trying to understand how to tip my toes in the waters of the dream state, I felt that I had to dive full body, full body dive cannonball as hard as I had to in order to to get to where I am right now in order to save my life. Now, just from that, if we're going to sit here and just take away the title, take away the actions, if we strip apart the mysticism from that dream that I had and we just look at the intent of what I went in with, we can understand how to better gauge ourselves within the dream state. I feel that I have talked about this before and I also feel that it needs to be touched upon again because one mention is never really enough, right? The intent of discovery is different than the intent to save your life. The 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 yearn, the feeling of being compelled to do so, right? That that to have that done, the the priority setting that you have on that intention is really going to make or break what goes on. I learned about the power of intent and I learned that I had to trust myself with what I was going to do. 
Now, after that day, I want to say that nothing, nothing in my life was really ever the same. I, I, I didn't look at relationships the same. I didn't look at conversations the same. I didn't look at the importance of what other people consider to be direly important uh, the same. Because it, 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 it just became a like, holy shit. If I'm able to do this, then why, what, what are we wasting our time on? What are we spending our time on? What are we, what are we, what are we showing off the importance of our two thirds to each other for? What are we having dick measuring contests over nothing for? What, what is all this for? You could say that saving my life gave me an existential crisis. I was just so driven to learn everything else. Everything we do as a society is is done out of just pure ignorance, right? Like I, I was ranting about this earlier. We don't know any better. So we're going to do the best with what we feel we have. You might have a whole lot more on hand, but you only feel like you can use barely any of it for instance when you're with your best friends you usually feel more confident than you would with a crowd of strangers right the, I, I would say the typical person right so to start off i kind of want to gauge i'm not going to give a chronological order as much as i'm going to list uh I'm listed on the index of normal to absurd. So when first learning about lucid dreaming and the abilities, one of the first things that I thought to myself is, I wonder, I wonder how it feels when you walk through walls. I wonder how that like transitional state feels this is like that that's gotta feel like something right like this this was before i even started questioning what our perception of feeling is in the dream world so one night i was in a log cabin and there were a bunch of heads on the wall and it seemed I don't know what it it seemed like a it was almost as small as that that room underneath the stairs that Harry Potter lived in. It was it was maybe like twice the size of that, okay? And somehow when I looked up the perception was of a full room, but the one when I looked back down at like where I was, looked around, the room looked incredibly tiny. So I had the realization that I'm dreaming. And I told myself tonight is the night that I wanted to, you know, experience walking through the walls, moving through the walls. This is before, like, this is the beginning of the beginning. So this is before I'm understanding about, like, energetic exchange and everything else. And we'll, we'll get to that in the future. But this is, I went up to the wall. And I tried touching it and I could feel 
the solidness, the solidity, whatever the word is. I set the intent, right? I was like, I want to move through this wall. And I started going through the wall. The the essence of, of the hand, the body moving through the wall is similar to the sensation of passing your hand into a body of water, like a tub or a lake or something like that. It, it feels similar. Like you can feel the two objects clashing, coalescing together, right? But you know that they're still essentially separate. While I was in the middle of this wall, the color, the makeup of the wall was like bluish purple, right? Like it was, it was a quick, it was a quick bluish purple design that came up because the, the next purveying thought that I have was if I'm walking through a wall, what's keeping me from standing up and not falling? And that's exactly what happened. I plummeted. I fell through this, this, <laughs> this glitch in the wall, right? We've all played video games. We all know what it's like to, to roll through a wall on accident and end up into an abyss underneath the level to only fall all the way down to our death and to respawn, right? One of the most annoying things to happen, right? So I'm falling down and the blue and purple is gone and it, it it just looks like I'm falling through dirt but with the same feeling of being in water not not so much like deep underwater where all the pressure is but like almost underneath the surface level water right where it doesn't feel like I'm having a tight hug or anything it just it just feels like I'm I'm in water it just feels like I'm floating in water I had that feeling and I fell from like the top of a cave and I landed on my feet and it looked like there was like lava or something at the end and then I woke up because I was scared out of my mind as to where I accidentally ended up at around that time. Around that time, I was reading this Robert Wagner book. Shout out to Robert, you my boy. And I get to the section on wording, on how wording can really make or break what you do. I mean, really, from setting the mantra to, to utilizing something into the dream state or the, you know, utilizing yourself to do something like flying or something else. Wording, wording is really everything. And one of the examples was the experiment of becoming a bird. There were two people that tried to become birds. One person said, I want to experience becoming a bird. And they went from standing to 
bird's eye view soaring and they're just they're flying the next person wanted to experience the concept of becoming a bird and slowly felt himself transform like started turning and everything like he felt himself like he was a, a, a an anamorph right like he was morphing like he felt himself doing that and that night i decided that i wanted to try that i wanted to experience the concept of becoming a bird because like who who, who wouldn't want to this is this is dope so i think i became lucid in like a basement or something or like a field or something I, I i don't remember it was dark i know it was dark i don't even have that written down in the journal i i know it was dark i told myself all right i shouted out loud i said out loud i want to experience the concept of becoming a bird and i felt these pricks all over my back these little pinpoint pricks i felt it all over my back i felt these little points open up and i felt bone just start growing i turned my head over my shoulder and lo and behold there there are wings literally growing out of my back and they're pure it's pure bone right now they're, they're just, I, I don't hear it, but I, I feel the sensation of bone coming out of me and, and like extending itself. Holy crap. So from there, these feathers started growing from the bone. And I like, I'm, I'm freaked out, right? I'm trying to keep myself calm, but I am freaking out. And I think to myself, like, if, if these are my feathers, then if I tell the feather to, to like, you know, scratch this itch on my neck, it should do it. And I didn't even have to say it. This one feather that was, that was right there next to my neck, it just moved over and it started scratching my neck. And I felt that sensation. And then just like before anything else really happened I, I woke up I woke up and I put my hands immediately on my back and I was like whoa what is going that was insane what what an experience what a concept to 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 understand like wording wording does mean everything wording really does mean a lot in in the dream world wording i've said in the preparations for for dreaming and sleeping right that wording is everything in your mantras that you need to focus on the wording and this this is a perfect example of that the next experiment that i tried soon after that was the experiencing the universe that is also listed in that wonderful book now someone had written about their account of when they decided to become the universe or at least experience becoming the universe and i decided to give it a shot 
So one night I told myself that I wanted to experience becoming the universe. And upon saying that, upon stating that, that out loud, I, I felt myself slowly just feel like a pulse. And it felt, it wasn't like disruptive or destructive. It, it definitely was disorientating. But I held on to the intent of wanting to experience becoming the universe. So, so as I held on to that intent, my eyesight, my peripherals to what I was looking at in front of me, uh, to what I cannot remember, it started shifting and it started spreading outwards. And I, I, I went from having the regular human vision with the peripherals to being able to look around me, to being able to look up, down, and around me in a in a circular 360 view. I then continued to expand outside of the the place that I was at, the the dreamscape that I was currently at. I I, I expanded, and I stopped having the ability to see things in front of me. To, to focus and see something in front of me. I, I was I was seeing everything at once. And it, it wasn't like any specific thing, right? Like if you were to go to a museum and you see a painting, some people are gonna look at it and some people are gonna focus on it and, and look at the distinct particulars of the art so I was captivated but I couldn't focus on any particulars right because I I didn't even I just had experience I didn't even have a thought track at this point I just had experience of of being of existing of just there and after a short while I, I think like the made some random thought process of like like, you know, needing, wanting to return meant that the, the process had reversed itself. I went from this all-encompassing view of, of everything and, and anything everywhere. Like, I'm not going to sit here and say I could see the entire universe. It, I, I couldn't even, like, it was, I just saw everything. Like, that's the best I got for you on that one. I found myself roughly re-entering uh, cognizant thought and function and action and eyesight and awareness and sensitivity. Like I, I found myself crashing back into the perceived human form that I had in my dream state, right? The, the retainment of consciousness that I had, I went crashing right back into that. And if you guys look, if you don't even have to become lucid to experience this, you just have to tell yourself before you go to bed that you want to experience the concept of becoming the universe. So with that last example, we are going to end episode eight. There will be more examples on episode nine, followed by more fun rants and some more breakdowns. 
I hope everyone stays tuned and stays thriving. You guys have a good one.